Hey guys, welcome back. This is Derek. Hey, what's up? This is Amber. And we are with Quad State Paranormal, and we are back with episode number three of Spirit Guides. And this episode, we are gearing up and we're getting ready for summer. Oh, that good time of year. <laughs> when it's not snowing <laughs> well, in April. It's one, Well, the fall is my favorite time of the year, but I do love summer and like planning vacations and stuff with the family. It's just yeah. so hot. Oh, I know. And fall is definitely my favorite time of the year. Getting around Halloween time and bonfires. Oh, and yeah, definitely. Cooking out and all that stuff. I like springtime too, but we don't get much of it. It's like it goes from like... It's actually not been too bad really this year. Really cold to, yeah. you know... Dish. Right. Well, and we and get you, a few like maybe a week of good weather and then it's summer. But yeah, I, like you said, this year has been really nice. Right. Um, and uh, summer vacation is always a fun time to get out and do things um, that you wanted to do all winter long, uh, such as swimming, hiking, boating, um, you know, and during the uh, good weather... You know, people actually travel, you know, like we said, on vac- you know, summer vacation, going to places that you want to go. Um, and there's a lot of us, though, that uh, like to go camping. Uh, when you're in the deep woods, you know, you're separated from civilization altogether. Uh, many times you can, I mean, you can't even get cell phone service where you're at, which, you know, can be dangerous, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I would never go camping alone, <laughs> ever. Um, well, you're isolated from everything, Uh it is just you in the wilderness. Many times that can be alarming or frightening, kind of like you said, you know, if you're out there by yourself. I mean, how many horror tales and movies take place in an isolated spot in the woods? Right, <laughs> right. Uh, and, never, and it never seems to work out well for the campers. <laughs> uh, sometimes, you know, we actually do have unexplained or supernatural things that happen to us. You know, while we're in the middle of nowhere. Right. Now, you have been camping a couple of times. Yeah, not very many. I mean, if you count, you know, in the backyard camping. Um, And then the, the first time that uh, I ever went camping was when you took us to Lake Glendale. That's in Illinois. And if you guys haven't been there, it's a, view, a very beautiful place. We actually got married there. Um, There's a trail that you can walk on. You can go swimming camping it's just it's really pretty it's a nice place yeah and you know and of course no paranormal experience there oh no uh, we're actually no. <laughs> we're actually there with family uh you know for that camping trip but not far from there um i didn't have a paranormal experience per se um but uh i just had a creepy experience um i guess it slash may or may not have been paranormal but i'm not going to get into that story right now i'm gonna save that for another time um but it's uh yeah, still kind of creepy, though. All right. And like you said, some of the stories that I'll be talking about today, some of them aren't necessarily paranormal related. Uh, the first one I have is definitely creepy, and it definitely is about camping. It's about some irresponsible camp counselors. They let a boy drown in a lake, and then he comes back to be a, a killer. <laughs> Just kidding, you guys, but I don't think it would be a, a true episode about camping if we didn't make a Jason Voorhees and Camp Crystal Lake reference, which Jason Voorhees is my favorite uh, movie slasher killer. Except for Jason X, because it's terrible. No, it's not. Yes, it was. It I don't care what anyone says. That was a good movie. And you bought, you bought it for me. Because you like it, I do not. But... Whatever. It Jason wasn't. X was terrible. Should not it have was, ever been put in it there. It was not. Um, but anyway, it doesn't have to. That one doesn't have anything to do with camping. So we're gonna move along. Uh, my first story. It does. It's it's it somewhat not necessarily relates to that, but it kind of sort of does. It's about you know sometimes when you're camping, you meet some really weird and creepy people. And that's exactly what happened to this one guy when he and his friends, uh, they went camping in the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's like Appalachiola National Forest. I probably. Is that in like the Appalachian area? Maybe. I don't know. It says it's near Tallahassee, Florida. So I don't really. Well, I think it doesn't don't the Appalachian, Appalachian Mountains, Mountains, they come down through that way. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I'm, pretty I'm, not sure. I'm pretty sure. I've seen enough of those paranormal shows on Discovery Plus and stuff where they go through. Okay. So we're just going to say it probably happened maybe in the Appalachian it's Mountains. It's in the U.S. But it's in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they Well, they set up camp and they wanted to explore the woods a little bit more. So, you know, they kept getting deeper and deeper into the forest and they, you know, started to realize like, 
maybe somebody's living here. They they saw clothes strung up on a line and some coolers scattered around and they came up to this van and they, they know, you know, there was a dog outside the van. So they're like, yeah, somebody's living here. So they so were. They, so they've been like on a trail? like I think so. Like hiking for miles and miles and miles. And they just come across this guy in the middle of the woods. Right. Wow. Yeah, okay. They said like the deeper that they went, like they, you know, there were signs that, well, maybe somebody is living here. So oh, wow. they're trying to like creep out and like back their way out. And the guy sees them. And he actually, like, hollers for them to come over. So they do start talking to this guy. I think they talked to him for, like, 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, He said that the guy was really strange, but he seemed harmless. Uh, He was not so harmless, though, because about two months later, he said that the guy, he saw him on TV, and he was actually on trial for four murders whoa yeah so i mean it's cre- <laughs> it's creepy enough that you would be talking to like a guy a, in the middle yeah, of the woods you'd be ca- talking to a murderer but i think the creepiest part of that story is like this guy and his friends could have been his victims Good like there's grief. a chance that could happen no kidding so like, yeah that's and really... you think that anyway when you may run into somebody oh, deep in the yeah, woods would... or whatever I would automatically, like, this guy, this person could be a killer. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, I don't know. Can I think you there's imagine? a chance I think about that about every single person I meet sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, well, my first story actually takes place in uh, Yellowstone National Park. Um, I've always wanted to go to Yellowstone. Well, and, you know, and I just had family come back from there who said it was... I mean, or we, we just had family yeah. come back from there uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, and they said it was amazing. Um but, uh, we'll put that on our bucket list. Right. Um, but they, keep in mind, I got this story online. So when I refer, I'm going to read the story. So when I say I, I'm not referring to myself. I'm referring to the person that actually wrote the story. Um, so just keep that in mind. Okay. All right. Well, he says, uh, my three friends and I were camping in the backcountry of Yellowstone National Park. We were about 12 miles down a good-sized path when they came across, or when we came across, um, a beautiful lake. It was crystal clear blue water and was truly amazing. We decided to strip down to our boxers and go for a swim after our long, hot hike. Yeah, I think the creepiest part of this story is going to be the down the 12 miles. uh, Right, yeah, you have to go back. Right, like I don't even want to, I don't, yeah, camp, like (laughs) hiking for 12 miles, good Uh, grief. Yeah, I I see signs in parks that say that, and I'm like, nope, where's the the quarter (laughs) mile one? I want the one mile loop, I can handle that. I'm sorry, go ahead. All right, he said, uh, it was beginning to get dark, uh, but we kept swimming. We were going to set up a uh, camp by the lake and stay that night. As we were swimming, my friend Ron was sure that he saw someone move along the bank out of the corner of his eye, but as he turned to look, there was nothing there. He told us he thought that he had seen someone, but we stopped to look around for a few minutes, and there was nothing there to be seen. After a while, we got out of the water and sat down to watch this night sky. After about half an hour, Ron got up on one elbow and asked, Did you guys hear that? We heard absolutely nothing, and he sat up peering into the night. It sounded like a baby crying by the lake. And he looked at us with that puzzled look on his face and said, You guys don't hear that? At that point, he stood up and started walking towards the lakeside. Before we knew it, he had jumped into the water and began to swim with all of his clothes on. We ran to the edge of the water, calling out his name, but we didn't see him anymore. The water was still. Then Ron jumped up from the water, screaming for help. He waited, or we waited out and jumped in to get him. He was so scared he almost dragged us down with him, but luckily it was very close to the shallow edge of the lake. He was babbling and babbling on about something grabbing him from under the water and something was pulling him and holding him down. At this point, we were just really ticked off at Ron because we haven't heard or seen anything and we thought that he was just trying to play a joke. He sat there kind of out of it for a while and then slowly stood up and began to change into dry clothes. After that, he crawled into the tent and quietly went to sleep. My friend and I, see, my friend and I uh, went and laid down as well and drifted off to sleep. 
Sometime in the evening, I awoke to hear a rustle in the bushes, and when I got up, our bags had been opened and the food thrown all over the ground. For me, that was it. Somebody was out there messing with us. So I got the other guys up, and we walked to the next big campground on the trail. It took us almost all night, but there was no way I was staying anywhere near that lake, and we wanted to be close to other people. Ron did not remember even going into the water when we brought it up to him the next morning. But we did notice claw marks on his legs when, when we looked down and we could see it in the good light. It looked like three distinct scratches and red marks, like a three-fingered hand that had grabbed him. This was the freakiest thing I have ever experienced. That sounds pretty freaky. Well, and like I have I have a few things to to say about this story. And whenever I was looking for stories, I did find other ones that did say about the babies crying. Like so many stories that I read had mentioned people could hear babies crying. Well, and and although, you know, this person's experience took place in Yellowstone, uh, the phenomenon sounds like a lot of Na- Native American legends. Um it's actually called water babies. Oh, wow. Um, These supernatural entities uh, would dwell in springs and lakes. They were uh, old, wrinkled uh, bodies along with long black hair. Um, What was I going to say? They uh, just drag you down into the water and drown you. Like, you hear these sounds and stuff, and so you go like you're trying to help. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, did he go in... I know it said he didn't remember going in the water, but did he originally go in the water trying to save, like he thought he heard a baby? Was he trying? And if so, good for you, Ron. That is awesome. Like you, if you were going in there to try to save a baby, then you are a hero. Well, and that, you know, they are, uh, this story, you know, they talk about the Native Americans or, you know, or what I was telling you about the, you know, the Native Americans and the water babies. Um, they are like, I, yeah, it's I've like, never heard of water, the well, water babies. Thing it's before. like, it's the, like uh, spiritual cousins, uh, to the Spanish, uh, oh, the, oh, Lor, Lorana or whatever that's called. Oh, La Lorna or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah. The weeping woman. Okay. Inst- but instead of, uh, being small, the weeping woman, you know, was tall, thin, beautiful with long black hair. And she liked to drown people, you know, but her prey, you know, mainly was babies, you know. So, um, but those kind of stories kind of Now, am I getting, and I could be getting my stories mixed up, but the LaLorna one, is she the one that drowned her kids? I believe so. Did she drown, like, two of her kids? I I would have to look that up. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't take my word for it. I'm just at, because I thought maybe you knew a little bit more about that one than I did. I'm not 100% yeah, sure, and I don't, I don't want to yeah, quote stuff on here. Yeah, and not, me neither. But I don't I need thought, no par- paranormal hate mail. So. I thought I had right about that. But anyway, talking about the thing, like, <laughs> it felt like something was, like, dragging them down. And I know whenever I'm swimming, like, I don't like to swim in water that I can't see through. And, like, every time I get touched by anything, I'm, like, I'm screaming. And that's like, oh, that was just a leaf. Just a leaf in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's curved the crazy part of that story is the fact that you know, he did that apparently not realizing what he was doing, went straight into the water, and then the next day he didn't even remember Right. It. So. Yeah, that's very creepy. That was about a lake. I have a story about a lake, too. And it's not, it's actually not too far from here. Um, Land Between the Lakes, that is in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Apparently there's a Land Between the Lakes monster. And I don't know, considering that's not too far away from here, I don't know how I've never heard about it before. This one happens to be like a werewolf type thing. Huh. Um people have said that they've, you know, seen encounters of it. Um a, it's a, like a bipedal wolf, which means it looks like a wolf that just stands on its back two legs. Huh. Uh very hairy, about 7 feet tall. It looks like it, you know, clawed hands. Um Big pointy teeth, glowing eyes, and just they everyone who I guess was, I don't know how they've gotten close enough to it, but they said that it just smells like horrid and just smells awful. Um, 
so apparently there have been multiple people that have seen this beast. And like like I said, it's called the Land Between the Lakes beast. Um, in Kentucky. Yep, in Kentucky. Um, hikers and bikers have heard it howling and seen it stalking. Um, I think it said it's been around. Uh, the Hobbs is a lot more um, organized when it comes to this. <laughs> and I'm like, I go through, like, I screenshot everything. And I'm like, I'm going through my pictures here uh but apparently it's the first europeans in the region were french trappers and hunters and they claimed that the forests were proud by a massive beast that was half man and half wolf which would howl in the night and leave mutilated carcasses of animals uh so yeah that's it's it's just weird that it's you know been talked about and I get, you know, legend or lore, whatever it is. It's just been talked about for a long time. But there is, I have a firsthand, ex- uh, not like firsthand for me, but I did find a experience of it on the internet near Wrangler's Camp in Land Between the Lakes. I'm not familiar with that area, so I've... I don't know where Wrangler's Camp is. Right. Um, but apparently this lady, she didn't want her name revealed, but she had hiked a short distance up a hill and she unexpectedly came close to this beast. And she said it was just sitting and stalking and watching her. And then it let out a blood curdling snarl that she had ever heard. She said she was frozen with terror and began praying. And when it stood up, she described it as being massive and it was seven feet tall. So... That's basically her story, but yeah. <laughs> well, still, that's a that's enough to. <laughs> yeah, I've never, you know, and I'm I'm from Illinois, and I'm not from, you know, I'm not too far from Land Between the Lakes, and we've actually done trips there when I was in, uh, you know, elementary school and yeah, stuff. I've never to, been there to go there. Um, I've passed through. I think I've maybe passed it. Go into like Tennessee, and yeah. like, if it's off the, is it off the interstate? Uh, I don't know, yeah. but if it is, I've probably passed through it. But but yeah, and, and you know, I've never. I know that there's some locations out there um, that you know. There's one out there they call you know Hotel California um, that you can still go out there and see the ruins of what we used to be there. Um, Are you going into your next story? No. Oh, okay, because I still have a little bit to add to this. No, one. I was just saying I've there's different paranormal stuff there and uh you know but i have never heard the one that you just talked about you know i've never heard of that one but this reminds me of just a couple of course what i saw wasn't like a beast or and he wasn't like half man half wolf or anything like that but when we were going to um we were going through Joppa, remember? Because we were going to paducah and we took the back way through Joppa and then through metropolis illinois and i saw this to me, it looked like, a, and I know we don't have wolves around this area. There's no wolves over there. But this thing was like, it was big. It was a lot. No, of course, nobody else saw it but me. But it was a lot bigger than a coyote because it was so big. At first, I thought it was a deer. And then like uh, the, the more I looked at it, I'm like, well, it's like gray and it looks more like a dog. You know, it looked more like a wolf. So I'm just like, that was, I remember, yeah, I I remember that you was bringing that up. To me. And then and, you were like, do you want to turn around? And I'm like, no. Well, we knew that by the time we, you know, we probably turned around, it'd be gone. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, I never did see so, it. So, like, I'm just saying, like, I don't think it was a beast. I think it was a wolf or something or a huge, humongo coyote. So, if anybody in that, uh, like, Joppa metropolis area of Illinois, if you have ever seen something that looked like a wolf, because, I mean, I know they're not supposed to be from around that area, but I want to know. I want to... I don't yeah. want to be the only one that's seen that. Right. Send us an email. <laughs> yes. A good email plug. <laughs> that, uh, what was that email again? Oh Man, I never gosh. remember it. It's Is a it? Spirit Guides Podcast. Podcast. No, Spirit no. Guides QSP, QSP Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we want to know your stories. You can, or find us on Facebook, Quad State Paranormal. Uh, you know, and send us a message about your experience if you saw something like that. But yeah, that was creepy to me, and I know it was just an animal. Like, a, like I said, it's not a beast; it's just a, an animal. But it was still, you know, it was it was kind of creepy, but cool at the same time. Hmm. I wish I wouldn't have been the only one that saw it, but oh well. Do you? What's your next story? Oh, okay, I didn't. If know you want to, now that's all I had to say about that one. All right. Um. My next one that I found that was kind of creepy. Um, again, keep in mind, 
that when I say I, I'm referring to the people that wrote this, not me in particular. Um, but he said, uh, my buddies and I were camping in the woods in Yosemite, California. Uh, we were the only ones in the area, and we knew this because of the camping registry. Uh, we were uh, quite literally the only ones in a 20-mile radius. So I guess they have a way of knowing that whenever you register for a campsite okay. or something. Um, anyways, uh, everything was great and normal, and our campsite was on a side of the lake, which from the last story we know is not a good thing. Um, at night, we all uh, shared an eight-man tent. It was cozy with eight guys in the tent, but not horrible. Anyways, at about 3 a.m. the first night, we were all we were all suddenly woken up by one of the members of our group standing up in the tent and frantically opening the tent door, peeking outside, and then shutting it real fast. He'd poke his head out and begin super frantically and nervously saying, there's someone in our camp. He kept repeating it. And sounded, abs- and sounded absolutely terrified. Needless to say, we were horrified that someone might be in our camp because we knew that we were supposed to be alone. Everyone had just been woken up, was looking at each other, and more with mortified looks on their faces. But our friend just kept doing the same thing, sticking his head out the tent, looking around, coming back in, and whispering to himself, there's somebody out there. But it's like he wasn't paying attention that we were awake at all. After about 15 seconds of saying that someone, the last time, about 15 seconds saying that someone was in our camp, he just turned around like nothing had ever happened, laid down, zipped up his sleeping bag, and went to sleep. He was apparently sleepwalking or something, but there was, but when we woke up and went outside, there was no one out there. Nothing had been moved. Needless to say, it was really hard to sleep in the woods after that. Like, the first thing I think about is that show in the, the guy, like, on the plane. And he's, like, looking out and oh, saying... There's, there's something on the wing. Yeah, it's automatically <laughs> what I went to with that story. Yeah, I mean, but to be asleep, and then you hear, some, you know, you hear something move or something. Of course, you out in the woods, but then to turn around and see your buddy standing up in the middle of the tent and not even acknowledging that everybody else is waking up and he's just looking out there and then closing it and then talking to himself. And does the same thing over, over and, and over, over and over. And then out of nowhere, just turns around, gets back in sleep and goes to sleep. That's weird. That is weird. I mean, because if normal people in that situation, you know, they'd have been talking to their friends or whatever, you know, guys, I hear something. Right, about, yeah. But the fact that he didn't even, you know, and then, you know, it doesn't say anything else after that. So I don't know if like the next day they brought it up and he had no idea or, whatever you know that that would had even went on but i just read that story and i was like yeah it's a little creepy because it makes me think of uh like on uh you know paranormal activity when uh the person's standing at the edge of the bed and just staring at them you know while they're sleeping right and they had been like looking you know? over the footage and they had yeah. been there for like I hours mean, just, that's exactly yeah. what i thought of and i'm like good got like this dude is just standing up doing his thing checking outside and stuff and that you know that's the first thing i thought of i was like man that's creepy it reminds me of another story i read it's not one that i was going to talk about but some like the girl or well actually i don't know if it was a girl or a guy but the person woke up and like all the the people in the tent were like chanting or talking i think she said it's like they were all in conversation with each other and maybe she couldn't make out what they were all saying but it's like she said it sounded like they were all in conversation with each other. But, you know, wow. I guess they were just talking in their sleep. But your story had to do with it was in California, right? Right. Yeah. Yosemite. One of mine was in Lake Morena, California. I don't know. Oh, I wish I would have known like the actual city that it was in. But it it's just says it's Lake Morena and it's a lakeside campground. And what people... um you know, I didn't get very many personal experience from people. I just, you know, had said that people reported levitating bodies and whispers and stuff like that. But there was one man um, that he said that there he was camping in his RV, you know, on a on a campground. And like I said, this was a lakeside campground, and he was he was camping in his RV and. 
he had seen a man outside the window and he said the man was taking very deliberate steps, but it seemed that his feet weren't touching the ground and that his feet appeared to be six or seven inches above the surface. And he said the man came to a ditch that had been washed out by the rain and it looked as though he had just walked across, across the air above it. So, and he was a, he was actually a park volunteer. Huh. So, yeah, I've, yeah, that's, that's creepy to see some <laughs> yeah. a levitating apparition. Well, in any situation, whether it's, you know, paranormal investigating or, you know, in a house or out in the woods or wherever, seeing that anywhere, you know, would be kind of putting you on edge. Right. I think I have another one that's in um, California. Uh, they... Vallecito? It looks like Vallecito, but I think it's actually pronounced like Vallecito or something. Vallecito County Park. Um, That's in California. And I think it actually means Little Valley. Uh, But it's it's a campground. Let's see what I wanted to say about it. Uh, Again, I apologize. I'm not as organized. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think I have any anybody that I don't know that I have anybody that had any personal experiences with this. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I actually found just talked about certain areas and what people had. You know, it didn't actually say like a certain person in particular, but apparently at this um, campground, you know, people have seen a lady in white. And I have read so many stories in lots of different places across the U.S. where people have seen um, a lady in white. Oh, yeah. That's one of the big stories everywhere. Whether right. Whether yeah. driving down the road or in the cemetery or there's always a white, oh, you know, lady in white somewhere. Let's see. Um, but at this particular, you know, campground, they say that this person, this lady, doesn't like big campfires. And they suggest that you keep your campfire low and that a lot of campers have sworn that an unseen hand poked, tugged, or grabbed their shoulders as they sat around the campfire. So. Well, that's creepy too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I think if I went camping, I'd be creeped out by like anything, even knowing that there's like animals out there. Right. Yeah. And a lot of things, a lot of times whenever it comes down to, um, you know, camping. I mean, you know that there's animals out there. I've read a right. lot of stories where people said, you know, I was in my tent and then all of a sudden I started hurting, sti- or, you know, hurting. I started hurting. <laughs> I started hearing. Uh, I knew. I was going to say I heard, but I started uh, hearing sticks break. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean it's paranormal. Right. I mean, that could be a deer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people claim that they've heard like people singing or laughing. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean. Like, you're, could just be depending on where you're at yeah you know. i mean if you're if of course if you're somewhere where you're supposed to be like the only people camping there but i'd still be like oh somebody snuck yeah in, somebody's you know? around or, yeah i mean i would definitely have to uh i definitely have to investigate more of where again that would be one of those things where i'd have to be there mm-hmm. i'd have to be there to experience it to uh be able to say whether i thought it was paranormal or not because right. out in the woods just like in, you know in some houses everything can be explained mm-hmm. And but then again, just because it can be explained logically, as in, you know, deer walking and breaking sticks, doesn't mean it wasn't Bigfoot. Right. You know, I mean, I just, so there's no without being there, you don't know. Oh, there's one story though um, that I read. This wasn't one I was going to bring up either. But like these people, and they woke they woke up, and this woman was outside their tent, just like digging a hole outside their tent. Oh, you know, I I saw that uh, on. Uh, on something not too long ago on TV. Yeah, and I think she rummaged through their stuff, though, too. But yeah, and she ended like, up just walk, uh, running off or something, and they never did figure out why. Yeah. I did see that. Um, I mean, that's how creepy just to wake up and see, was it, like, Was some... it a, a girl and her dad? Were, they were camping. Yeah, they were camping, yeah. and they, but they were in separate but tents. But you saw that on TV? That was on TV, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, they were camping, uh and remember, I remember her saying that she had her feet out of the tent or something, and had and slowly brought her feet back in the tent because oh, she was hearing wow. stuff. And but they, her and her dad, you know, they had separate tents that they had set up, 
And is that the one who she, I think I, I kind of remember something about that episode and she just felt like at some point something was going to grab her foot. Yes. Or okay. something was going to peer into her right, tent because yes. it was unzipped. And she kept hearing that noise. And when she'd look out there, there was somebody out there and they were digging a hole. Oh, wow. But they, she said that the woman looked like she was dirty and hadn't had a shower mm-hmm. and the clothes were, yep. you know, yeah. Um, and, uh, so she just knew, and then that something was going to happen and it sounded like it, at one point she got close to her tent and almost to the point where she could kind of hear where she was kind of rubbing up against the tent. So she just knew at any point that she was going to stick her head in that tent, Right. but it never did happen. And then the morning when they got up, they did see the hole and stuff. And she said something to her dad and her dad thought it was her getting up to go to the bathroom. Uh, Yeah. So he never got up to check on her because he thought it was just her going to the bathroom. Um, and which I thought was weird anyway, because I felt like as a dad, you would have checked on your daughter. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, they saw the hole and stuff and they packed up and left. Yeah, I do remember that story. Oh, that's creepy. My next story has to do with a premonition. It's by a professor, but the professor's not the one telling the story. The one I found, it was one of the professor's students. Uh, yeah, I so guess it's like he, a paper they wrote or something and turned it in or just... No, it's not. It's just they had, some, you know, just they turned it like it's just an article okay, that they had turned gotcha. in. And they said that it, it was told to them by their, you know, it happened to their professor. Oh, And that gotcha. their professor okay. is someone that they really trust. So they're, you know, they didn't see any reason that the professor would have lied about it. But gotcha. the professor had said that he was camping and hunting in Montana and he was sitting on a hill. Look, you know, he was looking to shoot a deer and out of the woods walked his elderly mother. And it was strange because his mother lives in, now this happened in Montana, but his mother lives in Slovakia. Okay, time out. So this guy's out hunting mm-hmm. in Montana. Right. And so while he's sitting there waiting for deer, you mm-hmm. know, as hunters do, he sees his mom. He, he doesn't just see his mom. Like, he she comes over to him and from tells, the woods yeah and tells and says that she loves him and that she walks away do you believe in premonitions or anything like that i don't know but i got cold just just thinking about this <laughs> so uh, go ahead continue. i mean i do i i believe in premonition i mean stuff like that i i somewhat yeah do believe in that wow. but uh, so he says he sees his elderly mother and that she says that she loves him and she just walks away. So, of course, he freaks out. He gathers up his stuff. He leaves. And, you know, he he goes back, you know, into town. And he calls his mother. She answers. And she laughs at his story. And he feels unsettled. So, he gets on a flight. And he goes to Slovakia to see his mother. And he spends a few, you know, said he spent a few lovely days with her. Um, and the morning before he's about to go home... He wakes up and he, you know, he finds that his mother had passed away in her sleep. So, like, I like that's, <laughs> that's uh. well, it's sad, but maybe that was just his chance to, you know, have that last time with his mom and to say his final goodbyes. Yeah, I don't even know what to say to that. I can't imagine being sitting there hunting and then. You know, hearing something or whatever come from the woods and you look over and it's your mom. But not only that, she was in a different country. Yep. You know, so. So I guess he felt that that was. Now that he needed to go go home and visit her. And, you know, then you would you say she passed away shortly after he had. Yeah, the morning when he was supposed to leave, I think. Wow. She had passed away the overnight. That's crazy. There's a lot of stuff. They say those are like doppelganger ghosts. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. And I think that's what they're called. I have actually had an experience with that, but that's for another time. This is our camping episode. So we'll go into that on a later episode. But that was one of my first paranormal experiences. So, but yeah, we'll save that for another time. Wow. Yeah, I don't, man, I just, that blows my mind. Like I'm sitting here thinking about that and I can't imagine, you know, sitting there by yourself and then you see your mom come out of the woods. That was probably one of the creepiest ones I read. Yeah, that's creepy. It's sad, though, too. But I'm glad he got to say his goodbyes. Well, speaking of creepy, my next story, uh, 
But yeah, I'm not for sure really where this was at. Um, but again, just like all the other stories, I'm reading this from firsthand experience. So whenever I say my or me or I, talking about the reader, I mean the writer, not the reader. <laughs> Let me rephrase that, talking about the writer, not the reader. All right, but this says, uh, my good friend invited me uh, camping one Thursday afternoon. My mom and dad were grateful to get rid of me. I was 14, and they always uh, were complaining about how I was always playing video games. I was just excited to get away from them at that time. <laughs> uh, so my friend and his parents um, picked me up and headed into the deep woods. Uh, it took us hours to get there. It was a family camping site that looked really great. Hills and woods were... Uh, and they were in a valley. So I'm assuming, you know, like you said, hills and woods, I'm assuming he's probably, they're probably camped out, you know, down in the valley area, okay. like down at the foothills okay. of, the, of these, yeah. you know, of the hills. Yeah, foothills of the hills. <laughs> anyway, uh, we played around in the woods as his mom and dad set up camp. There was an old trail that was sort of grown over. I remember getting covered uh with uh prickers i'm assuming he means those little sticky things you know they get stuck to your shoelaces like maybe like the cockabur thing that's what i'm thinking that's what of I yeah call that's them. what i, I don't think really they know are. what they're called well but... i think that's what he's talking about he called them prickers okay so. it works but um it said it was all up and down his pants uh it looked it took me half an hour to get rid of them uh when i got back to... anyways we came upon a patch of trees by the side of the trail that had old trees it looked like the bark had been burned off uh we also noticed a big pit in the ground near the tree that looked blackened too so we investigated it in the pit were all kinds of junks junks junk pots and plates <laughs> all cracked and burned but what was weird is that there were also a lot of burned clothing and pieces all over the edge kind of scattered it was flowery with lace. We got spooked and headed back to camp. So they came across, so in. So the clothing was flowery. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's what he means. Um, okay. Because it says they, you know, they're looking at these burnt or these trees. They came across these trees, and the bottom of the trees were burnt. Um, and then they noticed that like there was a uh, like a pit that had all of this uh, pots and pans and plates and junk in it. Like a fire pit in a tree. By the trees, okay. there was a pit. Oh, okay. So, like, I guess somebody had dug it, um, and they had, and it was by the ed these edge of these trees. Okay. Um, and I guess they saw, you know, this flowery laced dress that was kind of burned and scattered around. Okay. Um, and they seen that and they left. So my friend's parents had fixed up the camp. Uh, that their van was across the road and they kind of sort of blocked the camp. So their tent was kind of behind it. Um, the tent for my friend and I was pointing away from it with the opening facing away from the van, uh, sort of like a T. Uh, we all stayed up around the campfire late and when the parents went to bed in the van and we went into our tent. Okay, so the parents were sleeping in the van. And the kids were sleeping in ten outside the. Okay. Okay. Um, we were wired and decided to stay up as late as we could, and pull an all-nighter. Way into the night, we started telling each other ghost stories, and after a while, we heard someone walking around the outside of the tent. We ignored it, thinking it was his parents going off to the bathroom in the woods to make sure, or to make sure the fire was out. The footsteps stopped and a figure of what looked like a girl stood on the side of the tent. My friend stared with a pale complexion on his face as this person leaned into the fabric of the tent so you could make out their facial expressions and the oh, appearance. Wow. <laughs> the face began to chew, and when it opened and, and looked like it was smiling, except that the girl's face shouldn't be able to make that sort of smile. So I don't know what kind of smile it was making, but they're saying it, you know, whatever this was, I was pushing its face against the tent, shouldn't be able to 
smile like that. Like it had a smile open from like ear to ear. Or something. Yeah, it says it was really deformed and grotesque. <laughs> it then began to gurgle and try to talk, and it said something. I couldn't tell what, but when I spoke, but when it spoke, all we heard was "Help me," in a like a whispering female voice. My friend screamed, and we bailed out of the tent to the van to sleep in there for the rest of the night. <laughs> I do not blame them. So I tried to look through the darkness, and I noticed a girl standing perfectly straight by the water pump. She was in all gray and wore a tattered dress. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was sure I saw a white edge on the dress, so I am sure it was the same material we saw around the burnt hole. It was amazing that we did not wake his parents. I couldn't sleep all at all that night, and I tried to look outside, but all I could see was through the small window of the van. I kept waiting for that face to pop up like in a horror movie and kill us all. <laughs> My friend fell asleep after a few hours, but I stayed awake the entire time. The entire time. Only one time did I see something in the window. It was a shadow moving really quickly. I could, I could have stood up to look out, but I knew if I saw it, that that little demon girl <laughs> demon would get girl. us for sure. <laughs> I never went camping with that family again <laughs> after that, although I still go camping today, but now I always come armed or with some weapons. Right. Um, yeah, so that's creepy. Uh, that would have been worth it for him to have done investigating on that area to see if there was well a girl murdered or anything around that yeah, area. Yeah, and my thing, too, is, you know, that sounds like a good horror movie. Mm -hmm. um, but was it, you know, a weird apparition, or was there somebody else in the camping area? Um, you know, I wonder what was, the burn pit was really there mm -hmm. for. Um, but like you said, doing some investigating into that area and find out if somebody went missing or, you right. know, or it could just been a trash pile, you know, that was burned there. But you can't, you know, count out the experience, you right. know, that they had in the tent. I mean, that's, you know, creepy by itself. <laughs> you know, if somebody, you're camping and somebody starts pushing their face up against the tent, you know, me, I'd be throwing punches, yeah. you know, but I mean. I wonder if you could even, can you make out, like, like if you yeah, were I to put know. your face up against a tent, or we, well, I, I guess, guess maybe you, can. you could. Yeah, I guess yeah. you can. But yeah, that was a, that was a pretty creepy story when I read that. Right. But then, like, if you were just moving your face or your mouth or something, it would probably make it look different than what it actually oh, is. Yeah, that, and that's true. So it could have, you know, just been somebody playing a trick on them. Yep, very well could have been. I have a story out of uh, New Mexico. It's called the Holy Ghost Campground. I think it's in the Santa Fe. Yeah, the Santa Fe. The Holy Ghost Campground is in Santa Fe National Forest in New Mexico. Uh, it's rumored to be haunted by a Spanish priest who was murdered there in the 17th century. Let's see. Apparently, a lot of people go missing in this area, and people have claimed to see UFOs, strange shadows, and heard voices. So this is actually from Outside Magazine. And let's see. Okay, it says on, I don't know what year this was actually, but it says on Friday, October 18th, after the story published, a group of outside editors bravely spent the night at Holy Ghost to investigate the claims of paranormal activity. The night passed peacefully, but the next morning, associate managing editor Alita, I'm not even going to take a guess <laughs> at how you say her last name, but she is an associate managing editor for Outside Magazine, and her first name is Alita. She got up early to fish the nearby Holy Ghost Creek. About 10 minutes in, her hook got snagged on a root along the bank. As she worked to free the hook, she saw a dark figure of a man in her peripheral vision approaching her. He was walking weird, kind of loping, she said. Initially, she thought it was her husband coming over to tell her how cold he was, walking strangely in an attempt to warm up. And then she says, but then I turned to say hi, and nobody was there. Wow. <laughs> Which that could have been 
I guess there's explanations for that. If you see stuff out of your the peripheral yeah. view. That would have been different if it, you know, it, I, you if know, she would have seen it straight, straight on, on and yeah. then it disappeared. Um, again, that's one of those firsthand encounters um, that you hear about that one of those I'd have to be there kind of mm-hmm. things, which is most most of the stuff you see either on TV or hear somebody talk. You know, I know you've said this before, not necessarily on the podcast, but to me about, you know, you hear people tell these stories. And uh, you just think there's no way that happened, right? Um, I'm a I'm a hypocritical a hypocritical uh, ghost believer, I guess, because <laughs> I know I've had and I haven't had a lot of experience, but I've had a few experiences where I'm like, yeah, I definitely believe. Well, that makes you in wonder ghosts too. or spirits or something like that. But when other people are telling me stories, I'm like, wow, that's so crazy. You know, I almost don't believe it. So you're finding an explanation. Well, and that for makes it. you wonder how many people hear your story and think the same thing. Oh, I know. You know, that's, that's ex- true. Yeah. Exactly how it is. Yeah. Um, but you know, and that's why those personal experiences. And know, I would never say it. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm like don't believe. If someone would tell me their experience, I'm not going to say, "Oh my god!" Like I don't believe you. You're lying. You know. Right. Yeah. It's just I try to find explanations for it. Well, and I feel like as a paranormal investigator, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, your first priority is to find what, you know, what it could be. Right. Not necessarily going in and saying, okay, we know it's a ghost. We know it's an alien. We know it's Bigfoot. We know it's this. So let's find these evidence pieces. It's let's find naturally what is causing this. And then whenever you can't figure that out mm-hmm. and you can't figure out you know, this is weird because I've done everything I can and I cannot figure out what caused this. That's when stuff becomes paranormal. Um, you right. know, and all paranormal is, is the unknown. Right. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that covers a, t- a ton of stuff. Yeah. So I don't want it to sound like I judge people. Like if you would tell us your story, I'm not going to judge you or anything. I just want to help you better understand what's going on. And some things aren't explainable. So. Well, and you know, We've talked, uh, you know, a little bit about different experiences getting into with camping and stuff, but I feel like there's one area that we have not got into, um, which is... Wait, wait, wait. Is that the one you were wanting to say for last? No. Oh, okay. Okay, and that actually, there's uh, two big things that we have not talked about when it comes to camping that, uh, you know, I think everybody thinks about. But uh, if those stories aren't enough to give you chills, consider the unexplainable things that are reported on a daily basis across America, such as UFOs and aliens. Yeah, my <laughs> least favorite thing to talk about. Uh, I don't know why that one freaks me out so much. Uh, well, one such experience actually um, happened to an editor of a magazine that I had read uh, that I found online. Um, he said it was late one evening when him and his wife uh, pulled into the campground in Northern California's Redwoods. Uh, the forest seemed to be, he said it was like sinister looking with uh, chilly fog and uh, the campfire smoke. And it was all like low looking fog. See, I would love that. Know, I, I out in the middle of the woods. So pretty. Um, they tried to find a spot to set up their, uh, their uh, camp or whatever, you know, just using their headlights. Um, but they were focused on getting an early start the next morning. So they opted to skip um, a campfire and went uh, straight to bed. So they set up their tent or whatever and went to bed. Um, conveniently, the restrooms were about 100 yards down the road, a short walk uh, for washing up before you know going to bed. With bag in hand, Eli, who is the, the editor, okay. um, set off down the black pavement, uh, his headlamp lights reflecting off the drifting smoke and fog. Suddenly a movement caught his eye. At the side of the road, something stood there staring right at him. Though Through the haze and the darkness, he tried to figure out what this creature was. Um, it stood about two feet high, completely gray, with a large round head and curious eyes. So it was only about two feet tall, though? Yeah, that's what it says. It says it, it stood about two feet tall, completely gray, with large, with a large round head and curious eyes. And then his thing, it must be a raccoon. 
Alrighty. That's a really big raccoon. Two foot, two wow. foot tall raccoon. Uh, he said, but you know why he thought it wasn't a raccoon after he thought about it? <laughs> What's that? Didn't have the mask. Oh, wow. <laughs> but he said there was no mask, no fur, and no tail. But still, He's the first... He's missing just about every component of, of a being raccoon. a raccoon. Yeah. Uh, the creature cocked its head, looking straight back at him. Eli took a step closer to get a better look, uh, and the creature stepped back, peering cur- curiously back at him. Uh, time seemed to halt as the two stared at each other. Remembering his headlamp, Eli reached up to set the light brighter. Uh, the move startled the creature, and Eli noticed that the creature walked off on two legs dissolving into the mist and shadowy darkness. Every hair on his arm stood up and chills ran down his spine. What had he just seen? Not a raccoon. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he scanned the underbrush with his headlamp, seeking to comprehend what he had just witnessed. But the small, gray, upright creature with no fur and no tail was nowhere to be seen. Had he just seen an alien? It was a sleepless night as every creak and crack in their pitch black tent seemed to alert him to the possible presence of beings watching them from the woods nearby. I I mean, that's... Hmm. I think there, I don't know, there could be explanations on what else that could have been. Well, I mean, that could have, again, could have been anything. Again, I wasn't there. I mean, it could have been the rake. That, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. If you don't know that. what that is, look that up. <laughs> um, which is another episode. But um, getting uh, I just don't. My first thought of if I saw that, my first thought was not raccoon. No, definitely not. But you know, again, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. So and he just said it had curious eyes. I mean, most people, when they talk about aliens, they're like the big, huge eyes. Yeah. They didn't say anything about big, huge eyes. No. Just curious eyes. No, but I thought I'd throw that one in there just because it was alien related. Right, and, yeah. But. It's a good change up. I guess. Yeah. Alien raccoons. <laughs> I have a good change up for you. Um, it's about a search and rescue officer. And I'm actually going to, I have like what, he actually has like his own I'm assuming it's, I don't know. I don't know if it ever said if it was a guy or a lady, but it's from their actual own forum that they created. Um, I don't know where it takes place, though, but I'm just going to read it straight from it. Um, It says, I was teamed up with another search and rescue officer because we'd received reports of bears in the area. We were looking for a guy who hadn't come home from a climbing trip when he was supposed to, and we ended up having to do some serious climbing to get where we figured he'd be. We found him trapped in a small crevice with a broken leg. It was not pleasant. He'd been there for almost two days, and his leg was very obviously infected. We were able to get him into a chopper, and I heard from one of the EMTs that the guy was absolutely inconsolable. He kept talking about how he'd been doing fine, and when he got to the top, hang on, I lost my place. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. He'd been doing fine, and when he'd gotten to the top, a man had been there. He said the guy had no climbing equipment, and he was wearing a parka and ski pants. He walked up to the guy, and when the guy turned around, he said he had no face. It was just blank. He freaked out and ended up trying to get off the mountain too fast, which is why he'd fallen. He said he could hear the guy all night, climbing down the mountain and letting out these horrible, muffled screams. I think maybe that guy had fallen too hard and he hit his head and was... <laughs> I guess. He had hallucinated a few things. Man, that's, uh, you know, I've heard stories of stuff like that happening. Now, of course, not around here, but uh, just, uh, you know, where certain places where people have fallen or... But then again, that comes along also with... Uh, if you know someone had been hurt there or somebody had died in this location, you know, you automatically jump to any noise you hear. Mm-hmm. It could be, 
you know, whether it's a, a bird making a noise or something automatically, well, so-and-so died here and that's them screaming. Um, you know, but I don't hear very many stories about faceless people though. No, uh, I have heard stories about that, but not necessarily too many of them. Right. Um, oh, that would scare me. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that... I mean, I think especially to especially because they said he had no climbing equipment. Like, how the heck did he get up there All in right. the first place? Yeah. Um, I think we got one more topic. That's the big one that we haven't brought up, <laughs> and it's not alien related, but. <laughs> Bigfoot. Daryl. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> um, it uh this is basically, you know, just some some fun facts of it. Whenever you hear camping and paranormal, you automatically go to Bigfoot. Definitely. That is the the big one, the big draw. There's a ton. If you go on Discovery Plus, um, or anything like that, there's a ton of Bigfoot shows on. Um, I am one of those people that I don't think there's one out there. I don't believe in Bigfoot, but I like watching the documentaries about it. Um, but, you know, the same thing could be said about what I do with paranormal investigating. You know, with people don't believe in ghosts. And, you know, but with Bigfoot, I always say, well, where's the proof? Well, you know, people say the same thing about ghosts. You know, well, right. after all this time, it seems like somebody would have caught a halfway decent picture or something but some people do have like the cast the like footprints and stuff they claim to be bigfoot and then i think a lot of times it turns out that people made these like fake like right, shoe things yeah. like fake little things that they put on their shoes and made the tracks well and you know the getting into bigfoot you know this uh you know this thing that i read was from uh, washington state because Washington State apparently has the highest I number of Bigfoot sightings in all 50 mm -hmm. states, um, which I think now 51 states is what we have. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but uh, if you don't believe in Bigfoot, a.k.a. A Sasquatch, uh, Steve Wilkins, the co-founder of Washington uh, Sasquatch Research Team, challenged you to consider otherwise. Since 1941... There have been 532 reported Bigfoot encounters just in Washington. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, even if 90% of those are made up or stories, that still leaves 10% that are credible. Um, Wilkins also makes a point to note that sightings are incredi incredibly underreported. And many people have seen or heard one and just don't tell people because they don't want to be known as those people. What do they sound like? Um, what? What do they sound like? It's said that many people have seen or heard one. Oh, I don't... Do we know what they sound like? I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't even know what you were talking about there for a minute. But yeah, I have no idea. Um, I'm assuming they either sound like Daryl on that com <laughs> commercial or the one that gets really mad when you eat his Slim Jims. But, <laughs> oh, um, I forgot about that one. But I don't know really what they, what noise they supposedly make. Um, according to Wilkins, Bigfoot and Sasquatch, it's a species like any other animal that roams in the forest. There are estimates, uh, you know, that they say it's between 500 and 1,000 of these creatures living in the forest of Washington hunting meals, eating fish, raising young, and living amongst us as we roam the hillsides. I've seen Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> uh, he pointed out that Native American lore is filled with stories of hairy men stealing fish from nets uh, and, you know, from tribe members. These run-ins, he explains are the reason they avoid human. But why haven't we ever seen one dead? I, oh, uh, right. Was a question that was brought, uh, you know, to Wilkins. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, why have we never found one? Um, he said, if you're dying in the woods, would you go lay on a trail in the middle of the woods? Or would you just go find a quiet place? You know, that's... Uh, Said, well, I mean, if they were 
I don't know how long they had supposedly been alive for, but I mean, we find dinosaur bones, all, you know, yeah. all the time. We would have came across. Well, um, Wilkins said, he said, you know, that that's a good point. Um, so he's, this guy asked him, well, where would I find a Bigfoot? And he said, you don't find them. They find you. <laughs> um, he, he proceeded to tell me, or this guy, not me, but this guy they've been watching, uh, that they've been watching people for years, um, hiding from sight and following just to learn what we do. Hikers seen and heard Bigfoot on trails uh, near Mount Rainier, Rattlesnake Lake, Snow Lake, Grass Mountain, the Enchantments, Holden, Wallace Falls, Rock Creek Campground, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, could it be that these creatures do, in fact, live amongst us and watch us as we wander down the trails? I say no, <laughs> but I just, you know, I just, I have a hard time with that one. I do one. too. I really um, do. It's just, uh, when it comes, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just don't feel like, now, getting in, you know, there are people that just live in the woods. I get that, but I don't see this right i don't either um but i've, I've seen know. videos that are supposed like bigfoot and i'm like that's just somebody wearing a suit right yeah <laughs> and, the, and the pictures are always so grainy yeah. or they're so far away that you can't see really what it is i've seen you know? some that i think look like bears yeah like some videos like they'll be out like at a distance and it'll be on a mountainside or something and it's at a distance and i'm like well that that to me looks like it's a just a really big bear and bears they stand up on their hind legs right yeah so i don't know i've never encountered a bigfoot you know just like that show that always drives me nuts and i say this all the time with stuff um this guy on one of these Bigfoot shows, his line that he says all the time is, well, that's typical, typical Sasquatch, Sasquatch behavior. <laughs> and I'm just always like, how do you know? How do you know that that yeah. is typical Sasquatch behavior? I like when we're out, like walking the trails and if we see a bent over a tree yeah. and you say so, that. Typical no. Sasquatch behavior, marking the trail. Yep. So he knew he had already come through here. Um, and that's why the trees are bent over. But apparently if they do exist, they are harmless, right? I don't think anybody has ever... Had any... That one guy was pissed about his Slim Jims. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not... I'm as not... long as you don't take his, his little beef sticks, yeah. then I think we're good. I, I am, think we're fine. I don't think he was a good one. No. <laughs> I feel like you take his food, you're in trouble. But I mean... From... Is a Yeti the same thing as Bigfoot? Uh, I don't I think know. it's part of the same group. Are the Yetis white? Like... Yeah. Like the okay. abominable snowman yeah, okay. or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think it's they probably live in snowy part. Areas. Yeah. I think it's part of the okay. same lore. Um, but from premonitions to Bigfoot, you know, the unexplainable occurrences in the outdoors will likely always remain a mystery. Uh, if nothing else, you know, the shrouded veil of obscurity can jog our imaginations. As we continue to venture into the woods on some of the most beautiful trails in the country, perhaps with more company than we're aware mm -hmm. of. But, I mean, there's, you know, apparently stuff out there. Yep. You know, and then you run in. Of course, this is part one of this. We've got other stories that we're going to tell you later on that will be uh, basically on a different track of these. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got on and this And maybe one. other like firsthand stories yeah. that people could send us. It was actually, yeah, because it was actually hard to find some of the stories, uh, this time around. Uh, you'd think there'd be a lot of them out there, but, uh, there may be a lot of people with experiences. They just haven't put them out there, yeah. but it was kind of hard to find story, good stories, um, related to this topic. Yeah. Like I said before, it was easy to find certain stories about a certain area and it said, you know, campers had experienced blah, 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 but right. you know, none that not a whole lot of like first, like people writing in firsthand what they experienced. Yeah. I should have done a better job planning this one out. 
Um, I just assumed that, hey, that's going to be a cool story. And then uh, when it came to researching it, it was actually a little bit more difficult than yeah. I thought it was going to be. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think some of the stories that we got were kind of creepy. I wouldn't want to go through them. Oh, yeah. No, me neither. So, but that's all I got. Yeah, me too. And um, send us some topics to do, people. Yeah. Why don't you tell them that email? Yeah. Whatever, like, if, whatever <laughs> you guys would like to hear us talk about, give us some ideas. Spirit Guides. QSP, QSP podcast, podcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. That is the email. Or hit us up on Facebook. Make sure you spread the word uh, about this. Give us a five-star likes. Uh, you know, we're on every outlet known to man. So uh, you can listen to us anywhere. Uh, just spread the word. Help us uh, keep going. You know, we like, it. we like doing this. And we think it's fun. So we want to be able to keep doing it and not lose our stuff on here. So. So tune in next time, you guys. All right. We'll talk to you guys and later. have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.